Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there. Today's episode is going to be Exodus chapter 12. Alrighty, so uh, how long is Israel in bondage? Good question. We'll figure it out, maybe. (laughs) Verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So significant was the event about to take place that the Lord commanded Israel to use this event as the beginning of their calendar. Thus, the sacred calendar of Israelite feasts and festivals begins with the month of Abib, later called Nisan, which corresponds to late March and early April. The so-called Jewish New Year, which may come either in September or October, began while the Jews were captive in Babylon. Verse 3, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And, it, and if the household be too little for the, for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, capacity to eat, shall make you, your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be, a, shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, or a year old. You shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats. Now this is in similitude of obviously Jesus and being the lamb of God. The Passover, uh, the first full moon after the first day of spring, the first day is a high day and is treated as a Sabbath. What are some other significant events happen, that happened in history and on Passover? The birth of Jesus, April 6, 1830 was Passover that year. April 3rd, 1836 was Passover that year. That's when uh, priesthood keys were restored by Moses, Elias, and Elijah. All right, verse 6. And ye shall keep it, up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. By 3 p.m., like the lamb that would be killed at 3 p.m. at Golgotha, the last sacrifice. Verse 7. And they that take of the blood, in similitude of the atoning blood of Christ, and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorpost of the houses wherein thou shalt eat it, and they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. The bitter herbs served to remind Israel of the bitter and severe bondage they had they had endured in Egypt. Eat not of it raw, eat not of it raw, nor sodden, which means boiled, or stewed at all with water, but but, but roast with fire, his head and with his legs, and with the pertinence, with the edible parts, internal organs thereof, bones were not to be broken. And ye shall be and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, 
both man and beast, and against all the, all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you as... And the, and the blood shall be to you for a token or a sign upon the houses where ye are. And when, I, and when I set the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an, an ordinance forever. The feast of the Passover was fulfilled in that form in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The Passover was a law given to Israel, which was to continue until Christ, and was to remind the uh, children of Israel of the coming of Christ, who would welcome the sacrificial lamb. After he was crucified, the law was changed by the Savior himself, and from that time forth the law of the sacrament was instituted. We now observe the law of the sacrament instead of the Passover because the Passover was consummated in full by the death of Jesus Christ. It was a custom looking forward to the coming of Christ and his crucifixion, and the Lamb symbolized his death. The word forever used in the Old Testament does not necessarily mean to the end of time, but to the end of a period. That was by uh, Joseph Fielding Smith. In this simple but impressive manner, the Savior instituted the ordinance now known as the Sacrament of the Lord's Supper. With the suffering of Gethsemane, the sacrifice of Calvary, and the resurrection from a garden tomb, Jesus fulfilled the ancient law and ushered in a new dispensation based on a higher, holier understanding of the law of sacrifice. No more would men be required to offer the firstborn lamb from their flock because the firstborn of God had come to offer himself as an infinite and eternal sacrifice. Just as the Passover was a covenant of protection for ancient Israel, the sacrament is a new covenant of safety for us. That was by President Howard W. Hunter. Elder Holland said, Do we see the sacrament as our Passover, remembrance of our safety and deliverance and redemption? With so very much at stake, this ordinance commemorating our escape from the angel of darkness should be taken more seriously than it sometimes is. It should be a powerful, reverent, reflective moment. It should encourage spiritual feelings and impressions. The night before he was sacrificed, he, the great Paschal Lamb, after partaking of the ancient feast with his disciples, instituted in its stead the Lord's Supper, commanding them to observe it thenceforth. The Supper and the Passover were both designated were both designed to commemorate the Savior's atonement, but in the Passover the pointing was forward to an event yet to come, while in the Supper the indication is backward to an event that has already taken place. It was about the same hour of the day when the Paschal Lamb was offered in the temple at Jerusalem that Christ died on Calvary, the substance and the shadow thus corresponding. That was by Orson F. Whitney. Verse 15, seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread, even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation or assembly, and in the seventh day there shall be an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that which every man must eat. That only may be done to be done of you, and ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For in this selfsame day have I brought your armies or hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by, or as a permanent law, an ordinance forever. 
In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at even, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leavened bread, no, no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the, genera- from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or a sojourner or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations, shall ye eat unleavened bread. Leaven, or yeast, was seen anciently as a symbol of corruption because it so easily spoiled and turned moldy. Jesus used this imagery when he warned the disciples of the leaven of the Pharisees, meaning that corrupt, meaning their corrupt doctrine. In the law of Moses, no leaven could be offered with the trespass offering, suggesting that the offering must be without any corruption. For the Israelites eating the unleavened bread symbolized that they were partaking of the bread which had no corruption or impurity, namely the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ. The careful purging of the household of all leaven was a beautiful symbol of putting away all unleavenedness or all all uncleanliness from the family. Paul drew on this imagery of the unleavened bread when he called upon the Corinthian saints to put away sin from from their lives. Christ's comparison of the kingdom of of heaven to leaven does not refer to yeast's tendency to spoil, but to the fact it causes dough to rise or swell. Verse 21, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw or select out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover, or the Passover lamb. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the ba- in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the house go out of the door of his house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through you to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel, and on the two side posts the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer or allow the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye, when ye come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That ye shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses." And the people bowed the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did, or so did they. Similarities between the Passover and the atonement of Jesus Christ. One, firstborn male lamb without blemish. The Savior is the firstborn Son of God, the Lamb of God, without spot or blemish. Two, the children of Israel were to sprinkle the blood of the Lamb on their doorposts to save their firstborn from death. The Savior's blood, which he shed in Gethsemane and on the cross, cleanses the faithful and saves them from spiritual death. Three, the children of Israel were to eat unleavened bread. Leaven, or yeast, was seen anciently as a symbol of corruption because it so easily spoiled and turned moldy. For the Israelites, eating the unleavened bread symbolized that they were partaking of the bread which had no corruption or impurity, namely the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ. The removal of leaven from their homes also suggested repentance or the removal of sin from a person's life. For the children of Israel were to eat the Passover meal in haste. Like the Israelites, we need to respond eagerly and immediately to the deliverance that the Savior offers us. Additionally, Elder Bruce R. McConkie noted the similarities between the smiting of disobedient and hard-hearted Egypt and the spiritual death of those who refused to hearken to the firstborn of God. 
There is, however, one additional comparison that could be made in the typology of the Passover. The children of Israel, or the children of God, are in bondage to an evil power, Egypt. Similarly, all of God's children come into a world of sin and may find themselves in bondage to Satan and the powers of sin. Slavery. Thus, the Pharaoh could be thought of as a type or symbol of Satan. In light of this truth, it should be noted that what finally released the children of Israel from the bondage of the Pharaoh, the symbol of Satan, was the death of the firstborn of Egypt. In like manner, the atoning sacrifice of the firstborn son of God freed the children of Israel from death, a bondage to Satan. How do we escape from the bondage of Satan today? Through faith in Christ, repentance, baptism, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. At the Last Supper, the Savior instituted the sacrament in place of the Passover. As the Passover was a covenant of protection for ancient Israel, the sacrament is a new covenant of safety for us. Today the Jews still teach their children about the Passover. We should be teaching our own children about the significance of the sacrament. This sacred memorial, a reminder to God's people of what he had done and what and would yet do was observed in Israel by divine appointment until the coming of Christ. The night before he was cru- he was sacrificed, he, the great Paschal Lamb, after partaking of the ancient feast with his disciples, instituted in its stead the last sup- the Lord's Supper, commanding them to observe it thenceforth. The Supper and the Passover were both designed to commemorate the Savior's atonement, but in the Passover the pointing was forward to an event yet to come, while in the Supper the indication is backward to an event that had already taken place. It was about the same hour of the day when the Paschal Lamb was offered in the Temple at Jerusalem that Christ died on Calvary, the substance in the shadow thus corresponding. I think I said that already. That was by Orson F. Whitney. I probably didn't say that. Verse 29, And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. Remember that we said before that we think that traditionally that Pharaoh only had one child, and so his son uh, that died, therefore Pharaoh didn't have anybody to uh, take over the dynasty after him. So it passed to his sister, I think. Verse 30, And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We have found our firstborn all dead. Therefore go ye out of the, of the land, lest we die also. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed or asked of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment or clothing. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent, or let them have, unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled or despoiled the Egyptians. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. So if you consider that there's 600,000 men over a period of about 430 years, the figure given here of 600,000 men agrees approximately with the official census of the Israelites given in Numbers. Men mean men means only the males 20 years and older who are capable of going to war. This fact means that the total company could easily have been over 2 million people. 
Verse 38, And a mixed multitude, in other words, a blending of many, i.e. of other peoples, went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. So it's possible that Egyptians actually went with the Israelites or other nationalities. Verse 39, And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual or provisions. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. Ah, there it tells us right there, doesn't it? And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed. The Lord watched to bring them out unto the Lord for for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. <clears throat> this is the night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. But every man's servant that is brought that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. In other words, non-members were not to eat the Passover. Hmm. When I was a kid, I ate Passover dinner once at my neighbor buddy Larry's house. I wonder if that was not required, not not uh, okay. Anyway, I didn't know. Sorry. Verse forty-six: In one house shall be shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught or any of the flesh abroad out of the house or outside. Neither shall ye break a bone thereof. The Savior won't have any of his bones broken. Remember when the when it was getting near the near night time and uh, and. Uh, Pontius Pilate required that the, that the people that were being crucified have their legs broken. When they came to Jesus, he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs like they did the two thieves. Verse 47, All the congregation of Israel shall keep it, and when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. Oh, okay, so I guess it was okay that I ate the Passover. One loss shall be to him that is that is home-born, and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. And that's the end of chapter 12. I bear testimony that these things are true and that there's lots of symbolism here between the Passover and the, and the sacrament. And we can see the Savior in these things as they celebrate the Passover. I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.